in human society of this thing that's called the state. What is the state? The state is this organized bureaucracy. It is the police department. It is the army, the navy. It is the prison system, the courts, and what have you. This is the state. It is a repressive organization. But the state, and you well, you know, you've got to have the police, because if there were no police, look at what you'd be doing to yourselves. You'd be killing each other if there were no police. But the reality is, the police become necessary in human society. Yes, yes, yes. What's going on, family? You're tuned in to the Rage Podcast with me, your host, H. Soul. You're joining us now for the second part of our interview from Slave Patrols to Police, The Murder of Elijah McCain, Part 2. And if you remember, on this edition, we have with us Dr. Melina Abdullah, co-founder of the National Black Lives Matter movement, joining us out of L.A. We're not going to delay. We're going to hop right back into the interview as she continues to drop dimes. Thank you for joining us on The Rage Podcast. Let's get this work. Welcome to a socialist economy, a way of life based off the common needs. And all my comrades is ready. We just spreading the seed. The black male live a third of his life in a jail cell because the world is controlled by the white male and the people don't never get justice and the women don't never get respected. And the problems don't never get solved And the jobs don't never pay enough So the rent always be late Can you relate? We living in a No more bondage, state. no more political You are now listening to The Rage Podcast With your host, H. Soul There's a few other studies that kind of confirm what I'm saying, right? Right um, So there's a study out of Stanford There's a study out of Harvard That says that the way to reduce police violence against black people, the only kind of um, substantial way to reduce violence experienced by black people at the hands of police is to reduce interactions. So no amount of so-called implicit bias training, that does not work. I don't know if you cuss on your show, but I want to right now. (laughs) I absolutely Um, do. So implicit bias training is a bunch of bullshit that is designed to bring more money into to police units, right? Because if they say we need implicit bias training, then they say we need money for the training. So then you wind up allocating more of your city's or county's resources for them to do training that doesn't make a difference anyway, right? So implicit bias training doesn't work. Um, there's also another University of Michigan study that says um, diversity doesn't work. So black cops are just as likely to brutalize black people. Um, well, police of color. So there is one flaw in the study. They kind of collapse people, police of color, right? So black right. and brown police are kind of collapsed. So I, I, I want to be careful not to say black police. Police of color are just as likely to abuse black people as white cops. So diversity doesn't even make a difference, right? So implicit bias training doesn't make a difference. Training generally doesn't make a difference. Diversity doesn't make a difference. Community policing actually brings in more problems because um, 
So it sounds good. People think anytime you put the word community in front of something, it means it's good. It's terrible. What community policing does is bring more police into the community, right? And I really don't want police at the park playing basketball with my kids with their guns on. I really don't need the police to line dance with my children, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> but we need to <laughs> we need to recognize that the more interactions our people have with the police, the more likely they are to be brutalized or killed. And so when I say reimagine public safety, and when we say reimagine public safety, what that means is we know that there are ways to get to the heart of crime and violence that are far more effective than policing, right? So if you seriously have an issue with, I don't know, violence before and after school, right? Then there's a hugely effective program that you've seen around the country, but I saw it um, work really powerfully in Los Angeles, which was um, a community-based program in a black neighborhood in Los Angeles called Lamert Park where when I first moved into the neighborhood, I didn't understand why all the old people were sitting out on their porches. Well, they had a program, community-driven program, where in the morning from about 7 to 8.30, all the old people would sit on their porches and watch wow. the kids walk to school. And then, again in the afternoon, from about 2.30 to 4.30, they would sit on their porches again, and watch the kids go home. They didn't have to do much. And in fact, it really, we know that this is something that we've always said, that building community is a tremendous response, the most effective response to violence and problems within the community. So it also built community because now the kids are waving at Ms. Johnson, right? Now uh, Mr. Parker knows all these little kids' names, right? Now you kind of see the young people sometimes having conversations. That's how I actually um, uh, became a godmother of my three goddaughters, Erica, Shan, Maya, was having conversations as they were walking to and from school. I was like, what are these little girls doing? Next thing you know, they start coming over my house, and now they're like my daughters. You remember them, I right? Do. One of them actually lived with me for years, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so we need to think about um, community-driven solutions. Um, I keep giving Los Angeles as an example because I know those numbers are best. Right. Um, so houselessness, for instance, is a huge issue and a huge challenge in terms of livability of communities, right? Um, and what's really disappointing is that we have seen, well, what's encouraging is that people are totally willing to respond and put their money where their mouth is, right? So in L.A., they passed a huge bond. People were willing to pay to address homelessness. And what these cities, though, are doing with these new funds is actually spending those funds on police. So the people think that it's a common sense solution. If you have an issue with homelessness, what do you provide? Housing, right? Houseless folks need houses, right? What did Los Angeles do of the $100 million set aside in a year um, for it to address housing? They took $87 million of those dollars and put it in police. Mm. 
How in the hell is that a solution to homelessness? Police are creating it. Police are also tightening the impact of homelessness because you see police going around harassing homeless folks. You see police. Um, we just had a brother named John Penny who two weeks ago, um, so again, Community Solutions, had been provided with housing by a neighbor who calls John, his friend and neighbor, um, who said, okay, John doesn't have housing. John can set up his tent in my driveway. And this is private property. He said, John can live here. He can live right here in the driveway. So uh, supposedly somebody calls the police on John. LAPD shows up. John is holding a bottle of Coca-Cola. And they shot John three times, once in the face. Mm. Now, thankfully, John survived that interaction, right? Um, but rather than recognizing that that was a horrible um, miscarriage of justice, and the, the property owner was actually there when it happened, and he was pleading with the police, please, this is my friend, this is my neighbor, leave him alone, and they would not listen to him. Um, rather than um, recognizing what they did, they actually charged John with felony, so he is now incarcerated, and they have taken all of his belongings and trashed them. So another person, so just, just so that I'm clear, the person that they shot in the face for being on property that he was given permission to be on is now incarcerated? Exactly. That's exactly what happened. So they never should have, you know, been there to address him in the first place because he wasn't doing anything wrong. He's legally allowed to be there. They come and they shoot him over the plea of white property owner, right? Um, and they shoot him and then they uh, arrest him. So he survives. He's taken to the hospital. He survives this shot to the face. He shot three times once to the face. Mm -hmm. And then they charge him with three, I think it's three or five felonies. Um, one of them I know is felony resisting arrest. And I'm going, uh, <laughs> how can he resist arrest when you shot it? Right? What, right. Right. And so these are the kinds of things that I know I was um, talking longer than I intended, but I just want to illustrate, you know, why yeah. we have to reject this idea of, um, of police reform, of spending more on police, and why we have to really be more creative than that. And, you know, what that um, property owner was doing is an example of what we should all be doing, right? There are community solutions that we can arrive at. You know, why? Well, that, that's exactly my, what's going to be my, my final question to you. Uh, I'm speaking with Melina Abdullah, who is one of the co-founders of the Los Angeles chapter of the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, so that was going to be my, my, my final question to you is what are, you know, part of the Rage podcast, every podcast we have what is called action steps. 
What are action steps that we can take and need to take and should take in order to combat what it is that we're dealing with, with police brutality and Um, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Um, well, I love that because I think that it's really important that beyond just talking that we do, that we understand that we have power and that when we, um, move, we, when we act, we actually, there's never been, um, uh, mass action that's failed. Right. Right. Yeah. There, there's a lot we can do. Um, so I would, First thing, I would encourage everybody to join an organization. I know there's a Black Lives Matter 5280 in Denver. Um, I know there's lots of other organizations. Whatever organization speaks to you, join it. Because, you know, acting as an individual is not um, as effective as moving in mass. It's moving in mass that changes things, right? Um, yeah, you know, next in terms of action steps, and again, I'm grounded in Los Angeles. Um, the other thing that we do find effective beyond reducing interactions with police is police accountability, right? So we know that police are almost never charged, prosecuted, or even disciplined when um, they commit these acts. And so we want to encourage. Um, police accountability. Right now, there is a national push to um, push out these problematic DAs who have sweetheart deals with their police units. I don't know your DA, mm -hmm. um, but I would bet that, you know, one of the reasons that you don't see police being prosecuted is because more than likely your district attorney has a memorandum of understanding saying that they won't even that the basis of their investigation is actually the police investigation of themselves. That's what we see in almost every major city. If that's wow. the case, then I want to encourage folks to focus on getting that DA out. Now, I want to be real clear. Doesn't mean endorsing any other DA candidate. You know, that's the role for somebody. But for us, we know most district attorneys are going to be hugely problematic. Um, however, what you can do is as you're looking at new DAs, um, the most progressive DA that we have in the country is Larry Krasner in Philadelphia, although he's not perfect at all. Right. right. Um, but he did issue a memo that I think everyone should read about kind of these guiding principles for his DA's office, like not prosecuting people for petty crimes, right? Not prosecuting people for crimes of economy, right? Like, so when people, you know, wind up having a, a warrant because they couldn't pay the ticket, then we don't want to keep, you know, spending more resources to prosecute people and to fine them for things that they can't afford in the first place. Right. Please read that memo, the Larry Krasner memo. Um, you can get involved in um, the move around DAs through an organization called Real Justice. Um, Real Justice is um, the one kind of coordinating the national um, push to um, make DAs really uh, represent the people. That's what they're called in court, right, is the people. Um, and then I think it's really healthy for us to do the things that we don't think about anymore because 
we've been told that organizing is done predominantly online. Organizing is done online. Online is a tremendous bulletin board. But the actual hard work of organizing is still done the old school way. So right. that means have house meetings. Talk about what your neighborhood needs. And then don't be afraid to do it. And I know um, you know this, and, you know, I want to lift up the spirit of your father, um, Lauren Watson. Um, we know that when he formed the Denver chapter of the Black Panther Party, there weren't a whole lot of black people in Denver. Right. right. So it always starts with just a few people. So sometimes people think, I can't respond. I don't have 100 people. You don't need 100 people. You need three people. Right. So, <laughs> have those meetings with three people, five people. If you offer, if you say I'm a cook, come over. We all talk about blah blah blah. Everybody wants a free meal, right? And so right. the real work of organizing. So I would say those three things um, are the three things that I would do. And we welcome your listeners to follow the work of Black Lives Matter Los Angeles. I know you're not in Los Angeles. But um, we encourage you to follow our work. We're the largest and first chapter of Black Lives Matter. And so our website is blmla.org, blmla.org. And maybe there's ideas um, that can come from there. One of the things we have on our website is what we call more than a hashtag, which actually tells the stories of the people who've been killed by police. Because one of the things that we see, and then I'll shut up, is after they take the lives, after they steal the lives, after they kill the bodies of our people, what they do is a second murder by assassinating the sisters of our loved ones, right? And so we um, intend to take that part back. We can't revive the bodies, but what we can do is tell the family stories and community stories of our people. And so, you know, even if we think about, you know, Elijah, um, what is his community and family story? Who is he? You know, I, I read a little bit, and I love kind of the telling of who he is. You've told me a bit about him, that, you know, his greeting of people, you know, the warmth in which he greeted people, because I guarantee you they are already, in fact, I've seen it, they're already trying to portray him as something that he's not. Right. So... Think about, um, we started off with just the Instagram page, more than a hashtag LA, and now it's on our website. But what we do is anytime someone's killed by the police, we talk to community and talk to their family and say, well, who was this person really? Because we can't believe the police narratives of who they are. And there you have it. That was another uh, amazing interview with Dr. Melina Abdullah. Uh, rounding out our part two of Slave Patrol to Police, the murder of Elijah McCain. Thank you for joining us on the Rage Podcast. And until next time, stay calm and strong. And remember, we must love and protect one another. H. Soul, out. Let them know what goes on. Rolling stones in the rap game, not bragging. Look bigger than Jagger, not sagging. Sprawling backwards, I'm going to leave it at that. That ain't got nothing to do with rap. Check the facts, expose those cats. Who poses heroes, take advantage of blacks. Your government's gangsters will cut the crap. A war going on, so where y'all at? Fight the 
Holocaust, great responsibility. F the police, who's stopping you from killing me? His ass is fiasco's a loop by PE. If it's I instead of we believe in TV. Richard bitches, this new thing about snitches. Watch the masses move as the masses switches. System distant, but barely missed her. My soul attempts to save my brothers and sisters. Get up!